Chapter twenty four of Journey to the Center of the Earth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simon Wainwright. Journey to the Center of the Earth by Jules Verne, Chapter Twenty Four. Lost. No words in any human language can depict my utter despair. I was literally buried alive, with no other expectation before me but to live in all the slow, horrible torture of hunger and thirst. Mechanically, I crawled about feeling the dry, arid rock. Never to my fancy had I ever felt anything so dry. But I frantically asked myself, how had I lost the course of the flowing stream? There could be no doubt it had ceased to flow in the gallery in which I now was. Now I began to understand the cause of the strange silence which prevailed when last I tried, if any appeal from my companions might perchance reach my ear. It so happened that when I first took an imprudent step in the wrong direction, I did not perceive the absence of the all-important stream. It was now quite evident that when we halted, Another tunnel must have received the waters of the little torrent, and that I had unconsciously entered a different gallery. To what unknown depths had my companions gone? Where was I? How to get back? Clue or landmark? There was absolutely none. My feet left no signs on the granite and shingle. My brain throbbed with agony as I tried to discover the solution of this terrible problem. My situation, after all, sophistry and reflection had finally to be summed up in three awful words. Lost, lost, lost lost at a depth which to my finite understanding appeared to be immeasurable these thirty leagues of the crust of the earth weighed upon my shoulders like the globe of the shoulders of atlas i felt myself crushed by the awful weight it was indeed a position to drive the sanest man to madness I tried to bring my thoughts back to the things of the world so long forgotten. It was with the greatest difficulty that I succeeded in doing so. Hamburg, the house on the Konistrasse, my dear cousin Gretchen, all that world which had before vanished like a shadow floated before my now vivid imagination. There, they were before me, but how unreal, under 
the influence of a terrible hallucination i saw all the incidents of our journey passed before me like the scenes of a panorama the ship and its inmates iceland m friedrichson and the great summit of mount sneffels i said to myself that if in my position i retain the most faint and shadowy outline of a hope it would be a sure sign of approaching delirium it were better to give way wholly to despair in fact did i but reason with calmness and philosophy what human power was there in existence able to take me back to the surface of the earth and ready too to split asunder to rend in twain those huge and mighty vaults would stand above my head who could enable me to find my road and regain my companions insensate folly and madness to entertain even a shadow of hope oh uncle was my despairing cry this was the only word of reproach which came to my lips for i thoroughly understood how deeply and sorrowfully the worthy professor would regret my loss and how in his turn he would patiently seek for me when i at last began to resign myself to the fact that no further aid was to be expected from man and knowing that i was utterly powerless to do anything for my own salvation i kneeled with earnest fervor and asked assistance from heaven the remembrance of my innocent childhood the memory of my mother known only in my infancy came welling forth from my heart i had no recourse to prayer and little as i had a right to be remembered by him whom i had forgotten in the hour of prosperity and whom i so tardily invoked i prayed earnestly and sincerely this renewal of my youthful faith brought about a much greater amount of calm and i was enabled to concentrate all my strength and intelligence on the terrible realities of my unprecedented situation i had about me that which i had at first wholly forgotten three days provisions moreover my water bottle was quite full nevertheless the one thing which it was impossible to do was to remain alone try to find my companions i must at any price but which course should i take should i go upwards or again descend doubtless it was right to retrace my steps in an upward direction by doing this with care and coolness i must reach the point where i had turned away from the rippling stream i must find the fatal bifurcation or fork once at this spot 
once the river at my feet i could at all events regain the awful crater of mount sneffels why had i not thought of this before this at last was a reasonable hope of safety the most important thing then to be done was to discover the bed of the hansbach after a slight meal and a draught of water i rose like a giant refreshed leaning heavily on my pole i began the ascent of the gallery the slope was very rapid and rather difficult but i advanced hopefully and carefully like a man who at last is making his way out of a forest and knows there is only one road to follow during one whole hour nothing happened to check my progress as i advanced i tried to recollect the shape of the tunnel to recall to my memory certain projections of rocks to persuade myself that i had followed certain winding routes before but no one particular sign could i bring to mind and i was soon forced to allow that this gallery would never take me back to the point at which i had separated myself from my companions it was absolutely without issue a mere blind alley in the earth the moment at length came when facing the solid rock i knew my fate and fell inanimate on the arid floor to describe the horrible state of despair and fear into which i then fell would now be vain and impossible my last hope the courage which had sustained me drooped before the sight of this pitiless granite rock lost in a vast labyrinth the sinuosities of which spread in every direction without guide clue or compass i knew it was a vain and useless task to attempt flight all that remained to me was to lie down and die to lie down and die the most cruel and horrible of deaths in my state of mind the idea came into my head that one day perhaps when my fossil bones were found their discovery so far below the level of the earth might give rise to solemn and interesting scientific discussions i tried to cry aloud but hoarse hollow and inarticulate sounds alone could make themselves heard through my parched lips i literally panted for breath in the midst of all these horrible sources of anguish and despair a new horror took possession of my soul my lamp by falling down had got out of order i had no means of repairing it its light was already becoming paler and paler and soon would expire
with a strange sense of resignation and despair i watched the luminous current in the coil getting less and less a procession of shadows moved flashing along the granite wall i scarcely dared to lower my eyelids fearing to lose the last spark of this fugitive light every instant it seemed to me that it was about to vanish and to leave me forever in utter darkness at last one final trembling flame remained in the lamp i followed it with all my power of vision i gasped for breath i concentrated upon it all the power of my soul as upon the last scintillation of light i was ever destined to see and then i was to be lost forever in cimmerian and tenebrous shadows a wild and plaintive cry escaped my lips on earth during the most profound and comparatively complete darkness light never allows a complete destruction and extinction of its power light is so diffuse so subtle that it permeates everywhere and whatever little may remain the retina of the eye will succeed in finding it in this place nothing the absolute obscurity made me blind in every sense my head was now wholly lost i raised my arms trying the effects of the feeling in getting against the cold stone wall it was painful in the extreme madness must have taken possession of me i knew not what i did i began to run to fly rushing at haphazard in this inextricable labyrinth always going downwards running wildly underneath the terrestrial crust like an inhabitant of the subterranean furnaces screaming roaring howling until bruised by the pointed rocks falling and picking myself up all covered with blood seeking madly to drink the blood which dripped from my torn features mad because this blood only trickled over my face and watching always for this horrid wall which were presented to me the fearful obstacle against which i could not dash my head where was i going it was impossible to say i was perfectly ignorant of the matter several hours passed in this way after a long time having utterly exhausted my strength i fell a heavy inert mass along the side of the tunnel and lost consciousness end of chapter twenty four recording by simon wainwright